0: Keith Herring, is that the guy with the shaky people? Yeah. Okay. Shaky AIDS people.
1: <laughs> I don't I, think we can say that
0: on <laughs> my oh, <good> <laughs> <laughs> over Broadway. another episode of bits over broadway
1: bits over broadway
0: uh, connor you getting biz
1: no <laughs>
0: <laughs> connor I please am, <laughs> i am
1: finally back in new york that's some biz Whoops. it's been over a month
0: we love are, how I'm, are you feeling
1: i feel great i'm looking great i'm doing great
0: <laughs> okay well we have no guest um this week
1: Yet again. And we're also doing a fun little thing to fill out. Yeah, it's called We're Incredibly
0: Depressed and We Just Don't Have It In Us to Record Two Episodes. So this week it's a two-parter. It's a
1: (laughs) two-parter. We're breaking up one musical into two parts because technically the musical is two one acts put together.
0: And I guess my question is, is (laughs) that
1: it actually is though, but like I know it was
0: written that way, but like I don't think you get to just like cut to two years later and be like this could stand alone.
1: <laughs> Listen, if "Bad Out of Hell" can do it, then falsettos can. <laughs> I don't as think well. "Bad
0: Out of Hell" ever claimed to be two separate acts.
1: <laughs> Which we and should say, R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. to Meatloaf. We've the lost one, the only Jim
0: Steinman and Meatloaf. It's tough. It's a tough day. It's uh, a tough, tough year. year. Tough six months. Tough life. <laughs> tough
1: week. <laughs> tough couple of hours.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so on that note, let's just get into it. Um, this week we are doing balsettos. Balsettos. Which I don't think I actually knew what this was about. And then read the synopsis and then was Still kind of confused, and this definitely was not what I thought falsettos was about.
1: <laughs> what did I would love to know what you thought it was about?
0: I don't know. I think probably a band because it said falsettos. <laughs> and I technically, like, they are
1: kind of a band. They, they sing, sing a out, lot. They're a band <laughs> in the second act.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, Okay, Connor, hit us with some facts and figs.
1: Poco, me voy acercando a ti. poco a poco, la distancia se va haciendo menor. Falsettos has music and lyrics by William Finn, with book by William Finn and James Lapine of uh, Into the Woods, Sunny in the Park with George, and A New Brain fame. Um, as we mentioned, this show is technically two one-act musicals. It was, uh, it's the last two installments of a trio of one acts about this one guy named Marvin. Uh, and so, the first act, which is called "March of the Falsettos," opened in April of 1981 and ran from April to October of 1981. And then, Falsetto Land, which is the second act opened in june of 1990 and ran until january of 1991 and the uh falsetto land was nominated for the 1991 lucy lortel outstanding musical and it won um and then after the one acts were over um william finn and james lapine were like hey let's put this into a one show together so they combined uh march of the falsettos and falsetto land they did some uh tiny rewrites. And then the Broadway production opened in April of 1992 and ran until June of 1993 for a total of 487 performances. Um, There were some international productions and then in Broadway of, uh, and then there was a Broadway revival in September of 2016. It opened on, um, that was when it started previews. It opened in October of 2016 and ran until January, 2017 and that revival kicked off a tour that um, ran in 2019 the uh broadway revival was live taped and they released it on pbs um in october of 2017 and then that production went to the west end and did a revival from september of 2019 to november of 2019 the original show was nominated for seven tonys and one two and two drama desks and one zero and then the revival was nominated for five tonys and one zero Three drama desks, one zero, two zero. Uh, two mm-hmm. drama leagues, one zero. And three yeah. outer critics, one zero. The, the year that they were revived was the same year that Hello Dolly was revived.
0: Yeah, not so a you're, shot in hell. You're
1: never gonna fucking beat Bette Midler. Like Bet,
0: <laughs> Bette Midler had Andrew Reynolds by the throat outside <laughs> of the theater. <laughs> she, she was, was
1: never <laughs> cooked my <laughs> odds. She was had a shotgun <laughs> yeah. aimed at the Tony <laughs> Just voting committee blow and like, darts. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like, I dare you.
0: <laughs> Do it, bitch. Cast the vote. Cast
1: the vote. <laughs> Cast the vote. I dare you. <laughs>
0: um,
1: and just a quick synopsis consisting of the last two installments of a trio of one acts, the story of falsetto centers on Marvin, who has left his wife to be with his male lover, Wizard, and his struggles <laughs> to keep his family together.
0: So I think we both watched the Broadway HD. Yes, version Broadway HD, please do sponsor us. We would love um, a
1: sponsor.
0: Or you know I just pay for our subscription and that's fine too. <laughs> that you honestly well. don't have to pay us outside of just like Giving, giving us a, giving free, us a subscript. free subscription, um, and we will hype you up. We love Broadway HD. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you
1: so much <laughs> for
0: providing us this. I
1: know I said last episode that uh, advertising sounds like hell, but yeah. I will do it for a free subscription. For, for, for
0: f- so I can watch falsettos uh, once and cry. Yeah, hundred percent.
1: Then I'm done. <laughs> yeah, baby. Let's go
0: first. Christian Borle, perfect casting, because I don't like Marvin, either because he's played by Christian Borle or because he sucks. <laughs> no, Marvin fully sucks. <laughs> okay, so Pitch Perfect Casting, IMO. Oh, as you know, I do hate Christian Borle. He Correct. is my nemesis. <laughs> um, and I Should we add him to the list him. of
1: enemies of the pod? He's up
0: there for me. He's up there for me. <laughs> okay. I don't like him. That's um, fair.
1: Especially after what he did to Sutton Foster.
0: And I would argue... Laura Flynn Boyle. Is that her name? Laura Balbundi. Fuck me. Who's Laura Flynn Boyle? Am I just <laughs> I making no people up? That's a person, right? <laughs> <Midge> Maybe. this. <compass. laughs>
1: we can't sound stupid on our own okay. podcast.
0: Yeah. For the first time ever, please cut us being stupid on this <laughs> podcast. Um. So I... I'm torn. Mm-hmm. First of all, everyone else ruled, loved this, loved this cast. And Christian Bale oh, yeah, is, is great. fine. Like he's a talented individual. Yeah. I guess I just don't he care does, for him.
1: He person. does Marvin justice, like hundred percent. I really don't of, like
0: him. <laughs> yeah, but the end of the
1: first act, Marvin is like the full, full on villain.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Okay, so. So we're going to do this in two parts. So let's try and keep it to...
1: Just the first act. Let's
0: actually try and do the job that we say we're going to do every week where we just talk about the first act in the first half. Right. <laughs> um. Okay. I really enjoyed the start of this musical, which I was afraid after reading the synopsis that we were going to get too much in the weeds of... Uh, the angels of um, Angels in America of it all, of like the sneaking around and the wife finding out. Right. And the, we just kind of like fast forward through all that and we're just thrown into like right at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Everything's all come out. The divorce is sort of happening as we're talking and we're dealing with the fallout, which I liked.
1: I think the majority of like the sneaking around and all that happens in the first one act Mm -hmm. in trousers Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. um,
1: because that's like the first of the Marvin trilogy. Right. And um, so it is really nice that you're just kind of, you don't have to deal with that, which is great.
0: I like it. I think it's a smart choice. I think it uh, skipping ahead, sort of you're fast forwarding through all the like tropes and the, the there's still drama for sure, but it's coming from different places. And I liked that. Uh, Did fully think they were doing a production of, Joseph and the Musing Technicolor Dreamcoat as they opened this Andrew Rannells fully
1: totally looked like Joseph. <laughs> Which, my question was like, is, 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 it, it, right, is Andrew <laughs> Rannells actually Jewish or half-Jewish? Or
0: don't think so. Let's find out. <laughs> Let's Google. By the way, Laura Flynn Boyle is a person.
1: <laughs> oh, she is? Who is she?
0: Yes, she is an actress oh, uh, wow, best never... known for her work on Twin Peaks. Oh. And also, ba- oh, she's the mom in baby Day Out.
1: Gotcha. Okay. I think. Oh, he's ca- Andrew Rannells is Catholic. He went to an all boys Catholic school.
0: Yeah, that trash. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all
1: right. Well, there you go.
0: Uh really enjoyed the psychiatrist. Oh, Don't Mendel remember. is great. Mendel. Don't remember who played him. Do I know do we know? Brandon him? Do we know that? Okay, that name sounds familiar. I've definitely read it somewhere. You
1: probably read uh, it in the, this, credits, in the of this. <laughs> credits of this <laughs> very <laughs> this show. <laughs>
0: I also really enjoyed the staging of this production where they were using, now I have to say, I get very squicked out by like foam Mm -hmm. and the thought of touching foam makes me want to die. But I liked the pieces that they were using. It seemed like it was big foam blocks that were cut into different shapes so they could become chairs, tables, Towers. (laughs) um towers <laughs> Yeah, the set of
1: this is really cool. I like that it's mm-hmm. like all one block and then they just kind of mm-hmm. like take it apart.
0: Break it all down. Yeah, it's yeah. really
1: really interesting. And I saw that um so reading on the Wikipedia the Wikipedia
0: The Wikipedia Um
1: one of the major themes of this show is mm-hmm. the immaturity of the men that are in the show. Yes. And this idea of like them playing with blocks kind of plays into that idea of immaturity, mm-hmm. which I really like. That's really cool. Using your set as part of your yes. theme. We love That's theater, baby. That is theater.
0: <laughs> um, I also really enjoyed the. I guess what I really enjoyed about the first act is how much it focuses on Jason. Yeah. And how little we're focusing on the. It's it's sort of a foregone conclusion that Marvin and Trina are not. It's it's she's not pining for him. Right. She's like they're they're done and they want the best for their child. Right. And I really enjoyed that take on it because I didn't want to dwell kind of on their relationship. Right.
1: I think that is a a, a smart choice because we have how many like plays and musicals about mm-hmm. divorces. And it oh, is totally. entirely about the people going through the divorce. And it's like, that's been done. It's We don't need to see that again.
0: Right. So
1: focusing it on Jason and them being like, we need to take care of him and like make sure that he's okay mm-hmm. is a really, I think, a really smart and um, more unique choice.
0: Yeah. I thought it was interesting that the it's almost like you're watching them co-parent without them talking about co-parenting yes. and they do fight a lot cuz we hear that through Jason's pov right? right he's talking about um i guess that's more second act but he he is definitely noticing tension and we're sort of processing in that first act about how he feels about his dad how he feels about his dad's new relationship mm-hmm. how he feels about his dad's partner in that relationship yeah. um how he feels about himself in a relationship like in relation to his dad. Yeah. Uh, He's
1: very worried about turning out as a homosexual. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a thing and I love that he is obsessed with chess. I also think it's very funny that he is essentially for this whole musical telling his parents to fuck off
1: <laughs> <laughs> basically the entire time.
0: <laughs> um and also really enjoyed that Whatever the relationship is between Trina Whizzer and Marvin, Trina begrudgingly, not even begrudgingly, she just accepts and respects that Whizzer's part of their life. Sort There's of. No, like, when I think I am thinking specifically of the psychiatrist scene, when they're trying to convince him yeah. to go to a psychiatrist. Oh, yeah. And, and he's Jason's like, I want to talk like, to Whizzer. Let me see what Whizzer has to say. And Trina's like what the fuck but then wizard (laughs) comes and she's like you gotta be on board with this like if you're gonna and then he is and i think that's kind of their moment of like that's sort of their peace treaty sure
1: i get you feels like there's definitely i definitely think that even moments after that where there's uh we're trying to like we see her like coping with like i have to essentially deal with this other person raising helping Mm -hmm. to raise my child but also and like also are they replacing me um which Mm -hmm. is one of the reasons why she sings breaking down i think um Which is fucking amazing,
0: incredible, the, like
1: easily the best number of the entire show, just because of 100%. Stephanie J. Black alone. Hundred um, percent. But it's it's a really interesting thing, and we see even though like one of the major themes is immaturity among the men, I do think that we see a lot of growth with Trina from the first act to the second act, specifically mm-hmm. in her relationship toward Wizard.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and I think. I think watching the, we just like absolutely cannot stay in one act, I'm just, but I'll just say this and then we can go back to the first act. I enjoyed watching the juxtaposition of the breakdown of the relationship with Marvin and Trina. even though we don't see the breakdown happen, Mm -hmm. her talking about. Sort of the lonely, especially in the song about the breakdown, yeah. the breakdown song, where she's talking about like just wanting to be touched, just wanting to right. feel like h- human love and companionship. Mm-hmm. Um, and how she's not getting that from Marvin or hasn't been getting that in just forever and ever. Right. And then her f- fighting, but not really fighting, but fighting with Mendel in the second act, once they're together, once they're married, and just Watching the tension of a relationship happen without being worried that the relationship's gonna end, right, I guess I feel like that's sort of her growth is that it's not just she's allowed to be upset and and he's there for her and he supports right. her and at first, I was really. Not vibing with the psychiatrist falling in love with the mom storyline at all. Like, I don't understand. I don't like this. And then I ended up loving it. I anytime the psychiatrist was on stage, anytime Mendel was on stage, I was laughing. He's a baby.
1: He's excellent. He's like one of the best characters in the show. Um, I do question his efficacy as a psychiatrist.
0: (laughs) yeah just get
1: over it yeah it basically he's like literally treatment. said to Jason at one point he's like do you feel okay right now and Jason's like yeah and he's like okay feel okay for the rest of life just keep like, feeling that's okay how psychiatry
0: works <laughs> I'm like okay great plan wish someone had told me that 30, 30 years ago like
1: literally I am <laughs> my fucking kingdom I've spent how do much you, fucking money on therapy and do you feel good now
0: yeah okay well then we'll just, just stop feeling bad
1: we'll just keep doing that just keep yeah, feeling just, good whatever you're doing's working basically his entire approach to therapy I love it wish I could pay you twenty dollars to tell me that and then I never go back to therapy ever again. (laughs) Sounds great. Um,
0: I'm reading, I, I will be honest, I probably should have been listening to the words a little bit harder, I guess, but I felt like I was getting the story but there's a lot in the Wikipedia that is i was not getting from the show um it is tough
1: because the it is majority sung through so if you're not paying attention to the lyrics it can
0: yeah yeah you gotta watch out and you know i think i had this comment when we were listening to a new brain Mm -hmm. i don't care for the way william Finn writes lyrics i feel you i think it's too much I'm getting lost in the run on sentences that yeah. he's writing. So I think that could also be part of it yeah. where I'm, you know, me, I'm Andrew Lloyd Webber, baby brain. You got to give it to me in four sentences and repeat those four sentences over and
1: over and, and over again. And that's exactly. and that is how
0: I will process a musical. <laughs> I'm very dumb. Um, but I think that there was a, there was a fight with Wizzer and Marvin where Marvin is chastising Wizard for, not wanting to be monogamous, yes. and that went, I'll be honest, right over my head. That's the I was f- like, first I thought they were just fighting about their how they interact with yeah. one
1: another. That's the first song that Marvin and Wizard have together, where mm-hmm. they're talking, We've been together for nine months, ten months. Uh, that one,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and it's really interesting because that, like, it goes to, um, The issue, one of Marvin's issues, which is like his obsession with traditional masculinity and heteronormativity, Mm -hmm. which is a huge issue throughout the entire first act, mostly, Mm -hmm. Um, and how he's forcing Wizard into this role that Wizard doesn't want. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's that is like the beginning of that, like the beginning inklings of that happening, which come to a head during their chess game.
0: Right, which I think I would have – that really would have tipped me for the end um, had I caught the whiffs of he doesn't want to be monogamous because I was mostly just getting like they love each other but they are struggling to sort of gel. That was the the takeaway I had was just – which I just chalked up to and I think – so. so I guess part of it did come through in that Marvin is really – bound up in his own struggle with heteronormativity and, and gender roles and what it means to be a man. And he really, this motherfucker is the living embodiment of have your cake and eat it too. He 100%. really wants it all. And he doesn't understand why. I got to be honest, it's so fucking infuriating watching him be like, I don't understand why my son is so mad at me and my wife is marrying someone else. Right. Like, okay, well, you don't... <laughs> You you don't get to boss everybody. around. He just annoyed me so much the, in the first act. The literal
1: <laughs> end, he has a line where he says to Trina, he says, um, how can you ever deny what we had? And I'm like, what did you have? Marvin, what did you? You left her.
0: <laughs> Brother, you don't like women. You
1: literally <laughs> walked out on her to be with another man. To like, be with someone else. You left your wife. Like, you, you don't get to. You already technically denied what you had. like, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, why are you mad at her? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it, like, it, I, it makes sense because he's, like, he wants to have only his. He wants his, his cake and to do. Yeah, he he wants, wants it all. Only his, yeah. like, little cell family. Fuck everybody yeah. else. Trina has to be devoted to him for the rest of his life, even though he's gay. Like, yeah. that is his entire mindset. But it's right. fucked.
0: <laughs> and I guess I get the. I can't believe you married my psychiatrist because it, I, I get the weird boundary there, but also like, man, you have denied your wife her personhood for so long. Right. Like that's that's the, the takeaway from breakdown for me. I think she's it's incredibly funny. She does uh, Stephanie oh, yeah. J. Block does an incredible job. She is chop ending that song with a mouth full of banana and a oh. knife in the air is comedy i loved it it's
1: so good also i think it's very funny that that song is extremely like they used a lot of really phallic imagery in it Mm -hmm. like they have the banana the carrot she's using a knife (laughs)
0: limp carrot she
1: has like (laughs) the limp carrot she like at one point like puts like something between your legs to like imitate her Mm -hmm. having a Mm -hmm. penis like it's really really smart in the way that mm-hmm. she's like sitting here like maybe if i just were a man this wouldn't be happening to me or maybe she's sitting here saying like wow i really want to cut his dick off like <laughs> yeah. or maybe it's both like
0: it's a <laughs> you poor kane all those yeah. just uh n- yeah for sure i think there is i think for me the element that came through especially with that what you're bringing up right now the phallic imagery and the what wouldn't this be your fireman what's playing into that Thing she's singing about, which is, I did everything right. I right. tried to be the perfect wife. I had dinner on the table. I did what you asked of me, and it still wasn't enough. Right. So what's the thing that I have to do? I have to, I have to have a penis. That's the thing that's like, yeah. Which, which, yes, that's you know he is in love with a man. He's gay, and that's fine. And but like, that's the one th- you can't you can't change that. Right. You can't be something that different to yourself. It's not a personality change, you know what
1: I mean? Right, exactly.
0: And I think that's a really hard thing to struggle with. Um, but I also think that there's this sort of uh, over itness with her <laughs> where she's like... I- I'm trying to do it all I'm trying to be everything but fuck this little kid and fuck his dad and fuck this guy who's fucking his dad and someone just touch my boobs and make me feel nice please god
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's very much that extremely and that's one of the reasons why breaking down is the best fucking song because it is so many things in one and Stephanie (laughs) J. Black fucking sells it
0: she she really does. Um love that the song is called Everyone Tells Jason to See a Psychiatrist.
1: Yeah. It's very funny. Some of the and, song titles are very just like directed to the point. Really good.
0: <laughs> and I think oh, I got to be honest. I was whew, I was fuming. Absolutely fuming when um Marvin was like, "Go see a psychiatrist. Don't worry. I'll foot the bill even till you're old." <laughs> good. You You should should fit the bill. You're the problem. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He's mad at you. You're not like a cool dude for doing that. That's what you should do. And I don't think Jason's particularly worried about who's going to pay for the psychiatrist. No,
1: he's worried (laughs) about, like, am I going to be okay? Am I attracted to women? Like, am I going to end up like my father? Like, he's worried about more existential things than how am I going to pay for those?
0: Yeah, he's 10. Money doesn't matter to this to this child.
1: He thinks chess um, is beautiful, which is fucking nerd shit.
0: <laughs> Direct shot at Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I really, <laughs> really liked when the psychiatrist comes to the house, when Mendel's yeah. in the house, they're all sitting around at the table and Trina's flirting, but Trina's flirting, but not flirting. Right. But flirting. And Jason is trying to suss him out. I just really enjoy the way that that trio specifically plays Mm -hmm. off of each other. Um, I will say that the kid who played Jason, not my favorite. I feel you. Not my favorite kid, but he grew on me as the show went on. And I thought that he really came into his own and was doing something interesting.
1: Yeah. I think he did really well. I found it really interesting of everyone. I felt like he was in the seventies the most
0: hundred mm-hmm, like, percent
1: for some reason i don't know it just felt like he reminded me yeah. a lot of like the kids from fun home uh yes. yeah that kind of like he gave that kind of vibe um mm-hmm. i there was going back to like what you're talking about like with everybody uh focusing on like the focus of the show this part of the show is basically on jason mm. i there's this like really fucking beautiful moment when um uh Wizard or Marvin is talking about his son in therapy, and like uh, it's like this duet between Marvin and Jason. And you can see in the background Stephanie J. Block just looking at Jason, and she has so much love in her face for her son. Mm-hmm. And it's like acting, it's so yes. fucking good. <laughs> and it was, and, but like that, it reminded me of it because I think, like you said, they play off each other really well. It's so like that little dynamic is so good but it's really interesting also because like I feel like we don't see a lot of like interaction I feel like Jason Mm -hmm. is on his own a lot or with Mendel a lot
0: Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm yeah there's not which I like and I don't like um because you know for me, child actors, I right. can relieve them. So the last time we have with Jason is fine with me. But I also understand he's sort of the crux of this right. this act. <laughs> he's sort of the crux of the musical. Um, I will say, I loved Jason in the group numbers. Yes. I love when it's the four the four men: uh, Jason, mm-hmm. Mendel, Marvin, and Wizard. I anytime they're all together, March of the Falsettos yes. is this fucked up Disney parade of like black light. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. It sounds so weird. It's so harsh, but I really, really liked it. And yeah. not harsh, but I guess, just something about it is weird
1: well i think it's meant to be because like they're singing in falsetto because they're like it's all about like these men are still immature they're not they're just Mm -hmm. boys which is really cool because it's like uh bookended by the uh songs that um trina sings where Mm -hmm. like one is she's like i'm tired of these fucking stupid children, children men who are yeah. running the world and then March of the Falsettos happens and they're all like mm-hmm. look at us we're little boys and then Trina comes back out and she's like oh well sorry that I got really mad there for a second
0: <laughs> so sorry that I was so mad about these boys right. it's actually really cute when they do their little dance
1: yeah. <laughs> <Essentially. Yeah. laughs> but it is like a really interesting bookend that they do with that number
0: mm-hmm. yeah I I really I really did like that I think it's I am just so interested in the Wizard Marvin relationship. I know um, because we're sort of getting it, but we're getting a lot of it filtered through Marvin. Yes, I feel especially because we have that mini opera um, or an opera in three parts. Mm-hmm. Marvin talking about how Wizard makes him feel with this with Mendel, right? And then I don't know. I just felt like it was all very Marvin focused with he, which I think is sort of the point you know he's very selfish Absolutely. And not, he's not selfish he a I
1: mean, little he knows, kind of. <laughs>
0: but it's not selfish to want to be yourself no but he is so singularly focused on what he wants mm-hmm. and how he wants to present to the world and the things he wants out of his relationship but he's not hearing um yeah wizards point of view at all which ends with Wizard being like okay fuck this I'm out right. <laughs> if you're going to be a dick to me about chess I guess it's over but
1: then Marvin is also the one who pushes Wizard out because Wizard refuses to be what Marvin wants him to be which is right. I think a really uh, interesting choice as well because yeah. it, I feel like that plays into Marvin's like really tenuous tie with his masculinity, and with, mm-hmm. again with his hetero like this idea of heteronormativity that he's trying to force. Um, mm-hmm. It's extremely—he's um, extremely insecure in totally. like his own sexuality, which is what pushes Whizzer away. I feel like,
0: mm-hmm. and I think it's an interesting counter to to what we didn't see in. Marvin and Trina's relationship, which is that Wizard doesn't back down. He Wizard's like, this is who I am, and I'm not gonna change that because you have this weird fucked up idea of like fantasy, this weird fantasy ideal relationship that you have. Whereas Trina bent over backwards to accommodate and to try and be that, and to try and fit herself into this mold that. Was in just was never going to work, and Marvin was still not happy, right? Um, so I think it's interesting that he falls in love with a person who sort of butts up against that and challenges him. And it does come to a point where uh, you're right, I do think it's interesting that Marvin's the one who tells him to leave. Yeah, Wizard's totally fine to be who he is and be in that relationship and work through it, but Marvin can't work through his shit and so he has to end it mm-hmm. but acting like it's wizards problem
1: exactly it's interesting uh, it's uh you know like something that somebody famous once said if you can't love yourself how, how are you gonna love somebody else <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> um okay i really also i wish wizard had more songs uh, I, I mean,
1: like he does have more songs in the second act, which we can't really talk about. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, legally, I, contractually, legally we cannot talk like, about. Them. it's all it's all tied up in equity again, <laughs> um, as always. <laughs> but um, no, I feel you. I feel like, like you said, I feel like, um, like I agree with you that we get their relationship specifically from Marvin's point of view, and I want to see yours. Like, I get that Wizard's wizard is kind of like, I'm kind of with him because of the money and also, like, the sex is fun and I like to fight with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I want to see more about how does he actually feel about Marvin. Yeah. Especially because at the end, there is that implication where he's like, I did love you. Yeah. But we never get that until the very end of the first act.
0: Yeah, I'm very confused about their relationship and how Wizard views obviously he thinks he's a little bit backwards he thinks marvin's a little bit goofy and slobbish and straight he's straight acting yeah, um in 100%. a way that math, sort math. of <laughs> <laughs> unsettles unsettles wizzer in that just in that he comments on it right um right but i'm so interested in the so the, the whole story between wizzer and marvin is that wizzer is in love with Marvin just because he's rich. There's a lot of talk about being rich and being good-looking, right. and I'm not sure who is who. Again, very stupid and bad at following lyrics. Um, But it, Wizard's the good-looking one. And, and Marvin speaks is the to rich that. one. Yeah. And Marvin is rich. Yeah. What does Marvin do?
1: It's never really... They never really talk about it.
0: Undisclosed. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think... Well, he's rich enough to pay eighty dollars an hour for a psychiatrist. And so I guess how. that's what counts. And a son. Um, that's one hundred sixty dollars a session.
1: That's a lot of money.
0: <gasps> that's a, that's lot a week of worth of
1: groceries these days.
0: <laughs> that's one trip to the grocery store. Um, but Wizard is talking in the games I play about how men just constantly use him because he's he's pretty because he's good looking. And I guess I was just unsure of. So is he looking for someone to settle down? I think he's torn. I think that's sort of the point is that he's a little bit or that's how it read to me is that he's conflicted about he doesn't want to be monogamous, but he also doesn't want to keep being used for yeah. how he looks. And and he loves Marvin, but not the way that Marvin wants him to be yeah, and not the relationship they want to have. um. So, yeah, I just wanted more from Wizard. Yeah. He sort of becomes this character that other people are putting things on. I don't feel like we get, I didn't feel like I got enough of who Wizzer was. I feel personally. you.
1: Personally. I would agree with that statement. I definitely think that um, he's just kind of, um, yeah, like almost an amalgamation of like the desire of that Marvin has. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of stuff is, proje- like you said, a lot of stuff is like projected on him
0: yeah i I liked it, and I felt good. It just felt a little bit now that I'm reflecting back on it. I want more from him, yeah uh as a character
1: mm-hmm. i I wanted to point out something that I noticed in the first act. um they make a really interesting choice where for almost the majority of the show, the cast is on stage together, mm-hmm. no matter what. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting choice. And I think that in my mind, it's a like really strong representation of just how entangled their lives are now that Marvin has made this choice to leave Trina. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really smart. It's like, it's making that statement without saying it. I just really, really liked it. And then they, it's an entirely different choice in the second act where they're not present with each other.
0: I think the choice to have them all on stage Together like that in the first act is you're right. It's showing that entanglement and how fraught it is. You cannot move uh through any relationship without someone else seeing or hearing or being part of it somehow. Yeah. Even you know, Marvin and Wizard, who ostensibly live in a different location from Trina and Jason, are they're being watched. Jason is watching their relationship happen right. and and reflecting on that even when he's not the focus of the scene and i i think that you're right it totally speaks to how what a tangled web they mm. weave and how fucking just enmeshed they are which is it seems like what marvin wants but it is not comfortable for anyone no. just, it feels almost suffocating that they're just constantly in each other's space. absolutely
1: and i think that that is such a strong deliberate choice um mm-hmm. with like how suffocating it is because it does especially mm-hmm. with the way that Marvin acts and how immature he is and how selfish he is. It, uh, having somebody in your life like that can be incredibly just dampening on everything.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, I gotta be honest when I thought the way that they did the slap, the way that they set up Marva, Marvin hitting Trina, uh, cause Andrew Reynolds is actually the one who does the sound effect for it. Mm. Yeah. I watched him clap from, from off, from on the side. Um, oh, I
1: didn't notice that. I
0: think it's interesting the way that the sound design. I thought the sound design for the show was super interesting, and that was that was one aspect of it that really stuck out to me. But I liked the framing of that scene. Did fully want to murder Christian Borel.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Like how dare you slap Sarah J. Block? That's my mom. Yeah, <laughs> that's my mom. That's my Don't hit her. Mom.
0: She just had a breakdown. Please, she's doing her best.
1: Right.
0: And then we cut to this scene, which I think is supposed to be sort of uh, redeeming, I guess, in mm-hmm. where Marvin and Jason are sort of talking through their relationship and, yeah. and, and Marvin, Marvin is, like, is kind of apologizing but kind of not but kind of being like hey no matter what happens no matter what's going on with me I'm always going to be here for you and right. you'll always be my son and I'll always be your dad which is nice but I'm still so annoyed at Marvin that it rang a little bit hollow to me
1: <laughs> same I really feel like and I think this is one of the issues with it with this being a one act yeah is that We have almost no time between the slap and him going to his son and saying, I'm going to try to be a good father for you. Yeah. To decompress and like let that moment sink in. Mm -hmm. And then we immediately have a 180 turn where we're supposed to redeem him and like feel like, oh, Marvin has grown. Right. It doesn't really work. It's kind of like so tonally dissonant, so close to each other Mm -hmm. that you don't it 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 I feel like it's a moment that really misses them.
0: I agree, and it felt especially because we have Jason on scene for the slap and mm-hmm. watch it, and we're getting his reaction to it to to watching his mother get hit right it's it's such a loaded moment that you're right, there's no time to let that breathe. We're not sure how anyone's processing it. It's sort of just the scene dissolves and then cut to something else. Not even sure if it's the same day. We don't know how much time. It just doesn't feel like. You're right. It doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel earned to me. It feels very just we're moving the story along and we promise Marvin's actually got some redeemable qualities and he is trying to be a good dad. And I guess that's true, but I just don't know what being a good dad looks like for Marvin. Yeah, you're no. going to be there, but the way that you've been there has been kind of shitty. Just being yeah. present isn't enough. Like how exactly. are you stepping up to actually be uh emotionally present in your son's life?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like you said, being physically present mm-hmm. is not enough, especially not enough. in this situation where you've like now you've abused his mother, mm-hmm. you've left their the family, mm-hmm. like there's so many things that you need to address as a father that we don't get to see.
0: Yeah. Just
1: because he sings about it.
0: Right. Exactly. While causing tension with this new person in the mom's life, but expecting the Mm -hmm. mom to be cool with the new person in Marvin's life. There's just so much. Oh, Marvin annoys me so much. He's such a hypocrite. It drives me freaking nuts. He just, Is so annoying and I felt like I didn't feel like anything got resolved and it felt like the last song where he's, you know, father to son, the last song of the act felt very like uh, it didn't feel like anything got wrapped up. I didn't feel like it was a one act that could stand by itself. It doesn't feel like that. It feels really and maybe that's part of the rewrite. Maybe they sort of no, that it's not. Way. It's not.
1: It's I re- I read the synopsis for the original mm-hmm. like March of the Falsettos, and that is exactly. It's almost one to one.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, like the only thing that really changed was like Trina wasn't in one of the songs that she was in in like the original. Oh falsetto, wow! March okay. of the Falsettos.
0: Okay. Yeah, it just doesn't work for me. I'll, I'll be honest. Like if I were to yeah. man and share just that, I would say that I really liked where it was going, but I would want the second act. I yeah. would want more, or even just maybe two more songs. I think. Something a little bit more fleshed out. I'd love to see, uh, especially just not talking about act two, but sort of alluding to it. Jason and Wizards relationship seems to be so much deeper in act two that I want a little bit more of that foreshadowing in act one. I want a little bit more of them.
1: We sort of get that with like the psychiatry moment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I do get what you're saying. Like, there should be more of it because there is this whole like background hum where, um, like Trina talks about it, where like this man is now basically co-parenting, part of my
0: life, yeah, is
1: part of my life, and he's is he re- like I said earlier, is he replacing me? But we don't really get to see that again yeah. because, uh, like I said, Jason spends a lot of time either on his own or with Mendel,
0: mm-hmm. and like
1: that's basically all we get to see him interact. And
0: to me, the. Psych- psychiatrist scene felt more like pushing the like pressing the boundary of what are you going to allow me to ask for and who is my parent and sort of trying to navigate that situation versus i respect wizard as a person and i love him and he's which i get that obviously is not going to happen immediately but i wanted to see that sort of growth because obviously in act two it's a huge it's a, a foundational part of the act, I would say, their relationship oh, that we just assume is good and solid and strong. Right. And I think what frustrates me is that they break up and, and I get it, they've been together nine, ten months. Um, of course. So it's a long time to have someone in your life that, yeah. that your parent is dating. but. We see them together and then we see them break up and there's only ever one interaction with Jason and Wizard, which is that psychiatrist scene. And then we get like, he comes into act two when we see Wizard again, not to spoil uh, for our next episode, but (laughs) when we see Wizard again, he's like, I love Jason. And that's why I'm here. Like, you love Jason since when? What caused that? Two years later, you still love him? Like, what's going on?
1: Exactly. Exactly that. It's like, and, and like I said, I think that is one of the like I really do like this show. Totally, but I totally. do think that like there when they were meshing the two acts together, mm-hmm. I think there needed to be a little bit more of a Like fleshing out of that, and like maybe even I would go so far. And again, this goes back to like what we were talking about in Tick Tick Boom, where it's like we've never written music before, so (laughs) how the fuck are we qualified to say anything about this? But (laughs) Like, like, if I'm looking at things in terms of structure, I think the song where Marvin sings to. Jason about I'm going to be a good father mm-hmm. should come in the second act.
0: Agreed. 100%. Like, at,
1: at least like 100%. if if I were to be the one like meshing these two shows yeah. together essentially. Yeah.
0: And I think just one or two I don't I'm not asking for a whole lot more in the first act. It does no. feel really full and good. It just like give me one or two songs where we're getting just a little bit more of the bridge. I think it's yeah. just implied that a lot of stuff is happening that we're not seeing and that's yes. fine to a point because there is a lot going on that's happening in the background and there could be other stuff that's happening in the background that we're just not seeing because of the way that it was filmed. Um, but it felt a little lacking in that. I was kind of just like, Oh, the curtain. Oh, oh, that's act one. Okay. And that's supposed to stand by itself. Uh, Okay.
1: It does. It is very abrupt. Like I do think that between the slap and that moment between Marvin and Jason, there needs to be a little bit of breathing room. Just like something, whether it's like like you get a song with with Marvin and with or Jason and Wizard Mm -hmm. or something like that, or Mm -hmm. there needs to be some kind of Mm -hmm. decompression from that moment.
0: Or Mendel Uh, and Wizard—that's a combo we're not seeing a lot of—and I'd be interested in that.
1: We Um, never really do see them together because
0: it seems like they would still have to be part of each other's lives, right? Uh, but anyway, um, okay, let's let's treat this as though it were its own act. Um, and Connor, man, and share this for us.
1: Yeah, I really, like I said, I really like uh, Falsettos. Uh, March of the Falsettos is a really good um, introduction to the characters. I think that, um, like I said, I have like a couple of, like we've been talking a couple of notes and questions about mm-hmm. the structure and that kind of thing, especially when meshing it into one cohesive show. Mm-hmm. But Overall, uh, the performances are great. Music is great. This is some of my favorite music that mm-hmm. um, uh, Lepine and Finn have worked on together. 100%. Um, I definitely like this a lot more than I like A New Brain. Um, even a little bit more than, because um, Will, William Finn did uh, 25th mm-hmm. uh, Annual. And I love 25th Annual, but I kind of like this a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I think it's, uh, we haven't talked about the music a lot, but I think it's, um, I don't know, it's not necessarily more complex, but it's I feel like more tonally appropriate. Yeah,
0: hundred percent for the show.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I I really enjoy it. Um, and I definitely think that uh, people should seek it out and seek the live uh, taping mm-hmm. that um was released a couple of years ago. Yeah, 100%. Meryl, stand in chair.
0: Uh, I did enjoy it, and I did like the music as well. I thought it was really catchy and. F- fun and mm-hmm. there were some things where I do think I would probably benefit from several listens and viewings of this uh, would love to listen to the music again now that I've watched it all happen and sort of taken it in and would know what is going on when mm-hmm. then I could really focus on the the lyricism and what's going on there but I did not a huge fan of William Finn as I have said before but did I think this is my favorite that he's done Uh yeah. Really enjoyed Jace, everyone tell Jason to go see a psychiatrist. Really enjoyed the breakdown. Uh, loved the song at the top of the act. Not just four four Jewish men in a room arguing or something like that. Bitching, Com- yeah. Bitching, yeah. I thought it was... Bitch, bitch, bitch. I loved it. I thought it was really fun and a great act. It is. Just sort of diving right in and you're not sure what the fuck is going on, but yeah. they're making it very clear that this ensemble, this little group of four is going to be really important and their relationships are super important. And yeah. then the slow introduction of Stephanie J. Block in that where she's doing laundry and sort of every once in a while chiming in like, hello, and me too. And "And I'm mm-hmm. also here and part of this. Um, I-, <laughs> I really, <laughs> right. I thought I just set up the whole story really, really well. And I, I really enjoyed it. So yeah, I yeah. like it a lot. I am excited to, to to talk about act two yeah. which we will drop next time so i guess in yes. two weeks we will drop act two uh so i'm gonna save the plugs for then okay um, Mitch, i, think I, you I wanted to music but not yet yes i
1: did want to like jump in really quickly and say like kind of jump off what you're saying about the music i do think it is a great testament to william finn as a writer um that he is able to make this music so fun and catchy when the show is dealing with like really yeah, kind of heavy, heavy material. Yeah, I we, think that's that's a really good testament to his like talent as. A yeah,
0: writer. it is really f- light um, for yeah. all the heaviness for all the subjects they're talking about for the divorce for mental mm-hmm. health for uh, struggling with questions of gender and sexuality like. W- It is really fun and really zoots you through it, and feels it doesn't feel like it could just be a a, an act full of ballads, and it's not. It feels really peppy and really fun to listen to. I totally agree with you, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Excited to talk about Act Two. Can't wait. You will never cook my hordes. <laughs>